You already know it's your boy J Tips, and you're now tuned into the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by its hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of. Account. My alpha probably talking more than your rent is about I'm spending money just to make it, we getting it out But that's the hustle, nigga, guess I just figured it out Gold on my neck, goals on my check, holes on my dick Balls on the net, niggas think I rose from the dead Put the pressure in, they fold down the dad Fuckle niggas only trying to join the cult for the dad No flash, doing shit that never was possible in the past Better catch the wave Alright, right. good morning and hello, this is the Encore Radio Show This Yo. is IS Jones in the building We're here with Jay Tips and... My beautiful yo, yo. co-host, why? Oh, well, thank you, but you haven't called me beautiful in here, though. <laughs> <laughs> I am handsome. Fuck uh, that with show. my handsome co-host, wise. Appreciate it. All right. I want to be Hi. handsome, too. <laughs> All right. and, and yes, everyone, uh, J-Tips and Wise are very handsome. And you're very beautiful. There we oh, go. See, you. we got you. Okay. We got you. So Everybody's ego got struck this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, good morning, J-Tips. How are you? Uh, nice right. to meet you. All right. So, <laughs> let's, start with, um, let's start with 101. J-Tips, where does that name stem from? Um, my middle name by birth is Jaquan. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to play basketball in middle school, and um, I was on a team. And and you know, round time yearbooks came out. Everybody realized like what my real name was. My first name is John. My middle name is Jaquan. So you know, everybody made a joke out of it because at the time it was a rapper named Jaquan, mm-hmm. and he had a song called Tipsy. Ah. <laughs> so everybody kind of was just calling me Tipsy for like a. Um, for like a, a time period that you know when I started making music it kind of just stuck a little bit yeah 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 and I just abbreviated everything yeah that's the only that's the that was the first rapper to ever block me on Twitter by the way yo really <laughs> well we're not gonna talk about that story <laughs> he, deserve, he deserves to get trolled though yeah yeah which is why I but I wasn't really trolling him I just had to ask a question like I thought he was dead but we I, I mixed up with Houston I, you I are know. savage listen, <laughs> listen I thought he was dead I didn't even at him he, he searched he searched his name and found me and I'm like son you live in fucking St. Louis I live in New York why are you even bothering me like right now that's but, hilarious but it's all good anyway wow. we're not getting on this we here for J we here for J tips right now we here for the man yo at J Tips on Twitter is that the same thing for Instagram as well? Yeah, everything. I try yep. to keep it simple. Thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. At J A E T I P S. I'm, I'm trying to get discovered. I don't want to make it difficult for people. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I be trying to tell people. People don't be hearing me. He's been trying to tell me for a minute, and I'm hard headed. So uh, I was low key. Let's talk about this now, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So you grew up around music, man. Yeah, I grew. I grew up. Um, it was everything to me. I, when I was young, I used to try to sing. Mm-hmm. Really, you tried to yeah. sing. Yeah, I used to try to like cover like before it was like YouTube covers. I used to like just sing like like Tyrese and Usher all, all day. They just can sing. No, nah, and I think until I I grew up, and I didn't have that voice anymore. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> okay, fair okay, enough. Okay, fair okay. enough. So I read somewhere that your father worked at ASCAP. Um, so mm-hmm. at this point now, what would you say was the most important thing that you knew going into this game that you kind of learned from your father and his uh, involvement in music that, that other artists may not know? I, <clears throat> I think um, at the point I am now, I, I, would, I would think there's a lot of common knowledge about certain things, you know, internet era where, mm-hmm, absolutely. where it's real informative. But I think one thing I, I knew even before I knew how to maybe even lay a, a track properly was that it's just a business. Mm. That it's, um, it's percentages and, you know, we get caught up in like, 
who's better than who, who did that, and who should be getting this much props. But mm-hmm. a lot of times when you look at a record, all you do is hit, you hear the vocals, you hear the beat. Mm-hmm. But there's really a side of it that says um, 50 Cent is getting 20% and the label's getting 20% and the lawyers are getting this. It, it, it makes you look at it differently. It almost, it takes the fun away from it. Yeah, I hear that. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. And that's one thing I knew going into it that there'll be a point where it wouldn't be fun anymore. Mm, are you there yet? No, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Bad. Bad. I'm not doing that. <laughs> this is this is what like eight, ten years. Oh, about eight years now. I would I would say it's a it's a ten year grind. Um, mm-hmm. because I would say around this time, maybe like 2004, 2005, I was just trying to just you know when you when you that age, you do whatever your friends do. It's, mm-hmm. If your friends play ball, you you pick up that basketball you talk taking shots to it. If your friends do hair, you know, after a while, you're going to start braiding, too. It's it's just whatever you your friends do. It was My friends was trying to rap. You know, they were trying to battle each other and stuff. And one day, I just went home, and I, I, I tried to put a pen to some paper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I've never put it put it down since. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. So, in your opinion, um, as far as the current um, BX hip-hop scene is, who do you think are the forerunners um, and what you've seen so far? The kind of trailblazers, if you will. Um, I don't want to seem biased, you know, because I'm, I'm cool with these people. But mm-hmm. um, I I grew up kind of with Denzel Porter. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Denzel Porter, where he was like the first guy that that was like, yo, he was he's two years older than me. So in high school, he was like, yo, bro, come to my house and let's like I got a setup in my house. Let's let's lay some tracks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like to see ten years later, I I would say he he's one of them. Um, rapper Trey Pizzy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's he. That's my brother. We was in South by Southwest together, and, and we, you know, we we worked on music together. And too, he's he's definitely up there. And um, it's it's a, it's a bunch of dudes. It's, it's a dude out of two dudes out of Co-op City, um, Doli and and Euroleague. Those, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those. I I think those four names are people that like not to throw dirt on anybody else, but those are people that just like myself. I feel. We seen it's a bigger picture out there. I feel like living in the Bronx, it's a, it's a war zone. Everybody is so desperate for who's gonna be next because you know there's talent that comes out of New York City. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bronx, um, it's probably like that in other boroughs. But I can speak the best about the Bronx because that's where I get the most. You know, I'm I'm there the most. You and know, I feel like everybody's like a battle battleground to get out. And I feel like those people I named are the people that I feel like we see that there's a way out. It's interesting you said that. We had a chance to talk to all four of those. Yeah, all actually, those artists, actually. All of them in here. Um, but you don't necessarily hear all four of them perform together or even get on the same track together. Why do you think yeah. why do you think that is? It's because we may we may never feel a way towards each other. Mm-hmm. But I know personally growing up in my environment, people put you against those guys. People mm-hmm. put you against even if you never had a bad experience, even if you never had ill will, you can sit, you can sit down and listen to these dudes religiously and know every word. But it'd be the people around you that will sit there and be like, "Yo, look at what this person's doing. How come you're not doing that? Mm. Look at what this." And that, you know, after a while, that turns into something. It turns into the people who book you only book you. They don't book them because it's like, "Nah, I want to show love to you." You know what I'm mm. saying? Because they always get in love. Yeah, yeah. And that may happen for them as well. You know, it's. Bronx is rough. Coming out of Bronx is rough. Like, I would say that the majority of the people I'm around are from different boroughs when it comes to like the music scene, mm-hmm, just because mm-hmm. in the Bronx it's more like people can't coexist, kind of. Mm-hmm. So 
like Royal Rumble. I have, because I mean, I'm from silent, Brooklyn. Silent Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I just moved to the Bronx, actually, yeah. uh, about a month ago. And honestly, I think, I think this year I've probably interviewed more artists from the Bronx than I've interviewed more artists from all the other five, mm-hmm. other five boroughs or four. We don't really count that out. Shout out to them, though. But, you know, you know we, we, we really, eh, here's what it is. You know, we, mm-hmm. we I, I like a lot of artists in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I would wish a lot of artists in the Bronx would get on the same damn track together because I feel, or not even, not even get on the same track together, but just work together more because I find, I feel like that's where it's at right now, mm-hmm. you know? And um, that's not no shade to any of the other boroughs, but I think that is where it's at right now. I think that's where people are the most hungriest. Mm-hmm. That's why when I moved to the Bronx, being from Brooklyn, you know, you obviously know that people from Brooklyn, people from the Bronx don't necessarily, you know, merge that often. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could tell you that I know that people in the Bronx are way more hungry than any of the other five boroughs in the city because mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And I, now that I live there, I can actually see it. Like, it's hard out there, whatever. And there's so many entrepreneurs um, uh, and I mean music again music business so mm-hmm. I, and that includes musicians as well that it, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there and y'all are dope man shout out to them. big uh, hand clap for y'all man I appreciate it man absolutely absolutely um, so back in, well, so now we're going to talk about um, South of Houston so back in 2013 you blessed the world with South of Houston um, first tell us about um, the initial mixtape production and how you got mm-hmm. things together for that first project <clears throat> when I was going into, it's actually Houston. It's actually Houston, Houston but you know, I, I, so many interviews. Where I just after a while, I just. Uh, okay, but we'll say <laughs> it all, we'll say it correctly. Houston, here. South Houston. of Houston. Yeah, South of Houston. Yeah. 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 I wanted to kind of just I wanted to to more give people the best of me. Kind of, mm-hmm. I would say I wanted to I wanted to show a, a side of me that was straight through. Like, if you listen to any of my music, you you hear me like try to go in depth about life experiences and things mm-hmm. that I go through and stuff like that and I wanted to really just build from the ground up I wanted every sound to be exactly how I wanted it mm-hmm. each producer really cut the track how I wanted it to be each song got mastered and mixed exactly how I wanted it to sound so it was it was really like to me that's still my favorite project it made me feel the most like satisfied to know that people received it well and this is how I wanted it to be mm-hmm. mm. okay uh so I recently just learned this story, um, mm-hmm. but many and many people may know it already or may not know it. Mm-hmm. So can you tell everyone the story behind your single, uh, Soul My Yeezys? Oh, Soul My Yeezys, yeah. The song Soul My Yeezys, um, it was the mixtape. Was it the mixtape before South Houston? It was a it was a couple yeah, it was it was a couple tracks that, you know, I was just trying to I was just trying to get out there. You know, you get frustrated being a being an artist and you know inside of you you feel like you're the best like whether you're doing radio show or you're doing anything you you always feel like you're here and everybody else is there even if they're getting more exposure it's like yo but we're better than them so i don't understand why that's happening i got to a point where i was like the only thing i can do is maybe give in and put my videos on world star you know what i'm saying And, and that's another um frustrating part because as soon as you get your videos on world star then people start hitting you up like yo i'm proud of you this is the same video that's on YouTube. Nah. Yeah, like this is the same video that was just on YouTube. I'm, I'm making the, this is what awakes everybody. And you know, it does come with the attention because you know a lot of people, they want to hit up the complexes and the, the big faders and everything in the world. But the average 
I would say listening in all honesty is not going there. I know mm-hmm. personally yeah, not the like, I know people just in the music industry go on most of the music or people who really a fan of stuff like that go on stuff like that. But mm-hmm. people go on world stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I think at that point the So My Easy track came from the way the depression I was going through of not getting the exposure. Mm-hmm. And I think after in like hindsight I just realized that I could have just kept pushing. Yeah. Yeah. But so, at the same time, I kind of like just more told to try to, you know, just twist it and make it sound cool. But the Yeezy part, my fault, I didn't get into that. <laughs> but the Yeezy, the thing about the Yeezys was it was uh, um, the Yeezy 2 had came out. It was June 9th, I believe, 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I had just got paid. I was working at Full on My check was about like 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. And um, I had asked my mom for like another 500 just for like security. You know what I'm saying? I'm, the store told me they're going to have the Yeezys tomorrow. I'm going to go. And, um, they wanted eleven hundred dollars. They wanted eleven hundred dollars and what? And I wanted them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I'm gonna owe my mom's three hundred, and I'm not gonna have money for like another three weeks or two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, Because it's not, you know, you're gonna get paid again, but you're gonna be so broke that you're gonna probably owe people money. Yep, so yep, yep, yep. You're probably not gonna be like <laughs> in the positive for like a month. Yeah. So I got home. I looked at the shoe. You know how much I wanted it. I wanted it more than more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and I made a decision for my career, and I sold it for about eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you flipped it. Well, and I just put a video on Worldstar, and um, from then I guess that's when it just, you know, the people that walk by you every day that ask you, yo, you still working on music or you still, um, how's everything going? You know what I'm saying? How's 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 everything? Mm-hmm. That's when they were proud of you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I understand that experience though. So how important you think that that decision was, not just for um, at that moment, but I mean even the story. Like we're talking about years later now, I'm still a, asking about the story was, anyway. You, you know, uh, they always say your your um, your hustle, your grind is only as good as your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, yeah that's so, real. Hundred percent. Like even if that was a the the best sacrifice, it was one. And you know, a lot of people are not able to to put one side of their life away for the other and, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i was i've seen people their budget for their music video goes all into their outfit and then they try to throw fifty dollars to hundred dollars on their video you know what i'm saying it's like what? okay it's kind of crazy all right bet uh so you have this really you have like a really a lot of hard tracks on uh south of houston mm-hmm. most notably your track abortion that was one that really like kind of got me so I want to ask, how did you find the strength to talk about that stuff? Or was mm-hmm. it hard for you or was it easy? And then we're going to go into that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I also thought it was interesting that for how delicate the situation was, the song went really hard. So I'm wondering, why did you choose that way, perhaps instead of a more like soft, more melodic beat to go with that? In, in all honesty, I've, I've never... It's been kind of something I've been trying to work on, but I've never been able to just sit down and let me just write music because today is Thursday. There's a lot of times I, I just hear things and and the motivation comes from it. Like, I remember just hearing that beat and um, and just the story kind of just came to me. It started coming in. It, caught, it started coming in ideas and then it started coming in a, a few words and then it started coming in a few like sequences. I was like writing kind of like the end of the song before I was writing the beginning of the song. It just started all coming together. I remember only writing like four lines. The beat was like five minutes long, and I remember I hit up the producer and I asked him, "Can he make it a little bit longer?" I remember just 
just it just kept coming in different ways just the inspiration for me and you know like you said it's, it's a, it was a rough situation and um, i feel like just like a lot of people sometimes when you just jot things down recording music is just a way for me to jot things down mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it's so it comes from so deep inside i've recorded songs off of just feeling like i had an idea and listening back to it if it's explaining the what i'm going through better than i can tell you what i'm going through mm-hmm. And that was that particular situation as well. Okay. Um, so you have a lot of different producers on this first uh, track. Most notably, Big Bang's Big Bang's Diz. Is that how you a say? A bit Diz, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, was he actually in the booth with you when you were producing? No. Um, he he just he's somebody that we just we work r- very well with. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I sent him like some songs that I may hear, like mm-hmm. some some shit. I mean, like Shazam or something, and then I'll just send it to him and a couple days I just send it right back and it, most of the time I say like 80% of the time it's kind of like the same exact way I wanted it so I've been working with him for a while just just because it's just solid solid work mm-hmm. works as hard as me I feel like he made a transition though from um, mm-hmm. what was it get, get Light Music yeah he was that's where I met him I, I was recording at Denzel Porter Studio and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was another artist performing there and like to this was like his cousin or something like that (laughs) so i was like yo let me get your number yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and we we just been working and that was like 2007 Mm. how many how many times do you make a connection where it's just like so random but then that person becomes almost i think any any relationship i have that's how it happened Mm. okay you try to i haven't had much luck walking up on someone and introducing myself and we become friends from there yeah i mean same. <laughs> That's pretty my whole day in life, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most most of the time, it's 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 weird circumstances that you know get that bond with. Mm-hmm. Like I may be extra cool with, like my um, I may turn into best friends with my director's friend. Like mm-hmm. like it may be like real weird. That's like what's coworkers up. and stuff like that become like your best friends. Fox, yeah, my <laughs> one of my coworkers actually is a pretty good friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. He has to the podcast. Shout out to my boy Derek. What's good, fam? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so your image is important. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk a lot about your clothes, uh, sneakers, mm-hmm. obviously, and you have a beard uh, mm-hmm. now, and beards are big. Yeah. Um, beards not just are... not just because of the Drake effect, but beards have always but been big. But also because beards are mad sexy. Well, so... listen, I can't grow once so I appreciate can't talk. it. <laughs> 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 so, um, you know, was was your, was your image always very important for you? I feel like the image is, um, especially trying to turn it into a business. I feel like it's fifty percent. Okay. Okay. I feel like the music is only half of it, and that's just. I think that's just off of me being a fan mm-hmm. of the music. I feel like there's people who, um, you know, judge. They do judge the book. They do judge the co- the book by the cover. You know what I'm saying? And, and, True. And I know you get in this industry and they try to mold you. So I feel like if I have my own look and stuff like that and I stick with it, it's going to work for me. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to quote you. And I, I, I'm not really I'm not really good at doing at doing bars or whatnot. I'll mm-hmm. try. Um, <laughs> but uh, tired of selling kicks when all my, all, when all my niggas selling bricks. Um, yeah. In the previous interview, you were quoted saying that my style is different. My style is similar, excuse me, to Kanye's because I'm street smart and coming from the, and I'm coming from the streets, but I'm not gangster. Yeah. So you push a message basically that you don't have to come from poverty basically to make good music, mm-hmm. right? So most people aren't necessarily being aren't always forthcoming about mm-hmm. not being a street dude. Mm-hmm. Why was it early? Why was it so important to express that early for you? I don't know. It's I had a um, 
a transition where I think I think it was when I because I used to rap really rough like you know bust this gun shoot this shoot this shit up you know and um, I went away to I went away to college I went away to college brief little bid in, in community college upstate and um, you know I just realized it was a big world I realized it was I realized that the people that that it was, you know, I didn't have to be like that. Like, so you expanded your worldview. Like, yeah, you be you you around a bunch of people. Just I don't know these people my whole life, but they're just like the people from my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize that, just like the people from my neighborhood, we're not like, you know, we're not similar. It's a lot of people. I was just watching a Vince Staple interview, and he said that he was like, the year I think he was 13 years old. He was like, you grow up with people, and it's almost like you. You guys are forced to be friends and when you get like 13 you start to realize how much different you are mm-hmm. like and now you guys don't kick it no more now you don't see each other anymore now Facts. you don't walk down the same streets anymore and i felt like when i went to school it was like that it was kind of like you, i realized when i came back home how much different i was than anybody and that's exactly what happened to me when i went to college yeah. and came back everything was different everything yeah. was so different that happened to me a couple of times, actually. <laughs> you know, I moved and I hopped yeah. from state to state for a while, yeah. and um, yeah, it, it becomes different. It becomes very different, matter of fact, because when you when you come when you do come back, you have a worldview of things. Yeah, you and do. not just a worldview, um, but you have a different pers- you have a view from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and not everyone had a perspective, and yeah. they don't necessarily care about care to figure out how you got there. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like, uh, so that happened to me at 13, 18, and 23. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so crazy. Like I was, I was the um, ciphers in the park. I was mm-hmm. the, I had a, I put out a video in 2008. I was like my senior year in high school and um, it was called I'm from White Plains Road. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is like early YouTube. It was like 40,000 views. It was, Nice. It was up there, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was I remember walking down the street in my neighborhood and I'm still a kid and people's like people's mom is like, Hey, you're the guy from the, the video and all this type of, like it was like even little kids was like, Yo, that's J Tips, that's J Tips and this is way before any of the internet stuff. This mm-hmm. is way before anything that I would say is an accomplishment. But and I say what I went through when I realized that it was much more out there for me, I think in twenty fifteen I may have lost my neighborhood altogether. I think if I made it tomorrow, people would be like, Why him? I'd be like, people would be like, he's not real. Or just like we were just talking about Diz, the dude Diz, he put up a post on Facebook. No lie, like three days ago, was like, who is the best rapper, like, uptown in the Bronx, like the North Bronx? And it was like 150 comments, and I didn't get tagged once. Yeah. And, you know, you know, maybe I'm a different crowd. Maybe people just tagging their friends. But, you know, I come from, I come from a, rough, a rough neighborhood. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm, yeah. But I've still, I feel like, for anybody that's aspiring out of my neighborhood, you know, I I still walk past the chicken spot every day, but I, at the same time, I've performed my original music in Montreal and Toronto and Texas and, and Georgia, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's still for people to kind of like almost look past you. It's, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a slap in the face. It's more like these things happen. I've, I've, I watch a lot of interviews and people kind of tell similar stories. You know, the more you start to reach your peak, the more people kind of look at you a little bit differently because they're not used to understanding a success. Mm. That's real. That is so mm. real. Damn. Damn. Uh, so let's let's do this real quick. Let's cut to a quick break. Yeah. Um, when we come back, we got to talk about um, hype beasts. 
Oh, yeah. we have to talk about hype beats. That's important. We got to we gotta talk about a lot, of, a lot of shit. I don't even want to like detail the whole thing, but yeah, hype beats. We're not talking about Kobe year. We, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is the Uncle Radio Show, folks, uh, here with yeah. J Tips, Ice Jones, <laughs> and your boy Wise. Right. I fucking never mind. Anyway, folks, and we. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> morning. Coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Take me back to day one. Take me back to days where we couldn't get enough. Your beautiful light skin. Just rest your end in mine. Rest your end in mine. I want to see you happy. No matter where I am. No matter who you is. And after all this time. My feelings won't decline for you. I loved you. You loved me. Everything was alright, but when he entered the picture, all we did was fight. Girl, you can't put me through that. Yes, I miss your calls and your texts, but through all the hurt, I never stopped loving you, and that's a fact. Alright, folks, let me back. Stonko Radio Show. Live here with Wise. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? And we got J Tips in the building. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's, it's a lovely day. J J Tips, yo, he J Tips brought merchandise for us. Can I say we have the flyest fucking pins? Y'all will be jealous when you see these. Have you seen the cover for Hyper Beast? You already jealous? Man, I'm gonna tell you, yo, this the Hype Beast. First of all, the Hype Beast cover is crazy. The Hype Beast color is is at work though. Um, How <laughs> did you tell us about this? Because I've yes, been please. meaning to. I love it. It was I just a. I, I just think it was me being blessed to have people who share the same vision. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm 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 a creative, so I just had a, a assortment of yo. I think this would be cool, but then you know what? What if we did that? And Fine. what if this would be that? And um, I was is one of my friends. Um, he he customized his shoes, so I mm-hmm. was like, yo, draw this for me or whatever. And it was a process. He was drawing me a lot of stretch, um, sketches and telling me to take different p- angles on my face and stuff like mm. that. And just one day he just sent me just 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 God given peace. And I was, <laughs> it was it was so good that I was I might have had it for like five months. And I was like, yo, but watch when I drop that hype beast <laughs> beast cover. That it was it was one of those type of situations. Like, that's what's up. Yeah. Now I always tell people that merchandise is very important, yeah. um, and not only and you capitalize on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I always tell people, you know, send me a picture of you know for yourself, or whatever. For you, and he sent me the picture of the cover, well, mm-hmm. the picture of the artwork, and it's fire. And then I, I see now you transition to into pins, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I how how important to you is giving out merchandise to 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 people? Um, almost like a takeaway. It's, it's I think it's I think it's everything. I think I I got that from going to shows and you know you had such a good time at a show you took the post off the, mm. <laughs> off the wall <laughs> that's me though i'd be doing shit like that's that like, you know what i'm saying like if they was giving out shit it's just like they could have been giving out wristbands or something and it don't even have to go with the artist but because you're in this environment and you're yep. having such a great time you're like give me one give me this towel give me you give it out shirts let me get a shirt so i felt like if you're gonna give people that same feeling with your music because you know you never know you love i'm never gonna have a shock value listening to myself mm-hmm. but i'm not and i'll never that's one thing i never ever experienced in life is the way i made you feel first time you heard, mm-hmm. heard me you know what i'm saying and you know giving people something to go home with is important you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying because we live in a day and age where 
people could like you one minute and they could hate you the next. You know, nah. just giving something, True. people something to appreciate you a little bit more. I appreciate that so much <laughs> because people that that is right. We're in a day and age that the people's feelings about you will flip very quickly. Yeah. You know, no matter whatever yeah. fuck you did for them. But anyway, before I get off, especially start, on Twitter, before I start, before I start going on my own little rant. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Hype Beast is mm-hmm. your most recent project. Yeah, it dropped about a year ago now at this point. December was December's first. Was yeah, it? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So about so, a year. So when you talk, we already talked about the cover artwork because that was the number one thing on my list. How 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 much more do you think that artwork sold a project to people who have never heard you before? I feel like it it, it sold it. Probably, um, it was one of those world star situations. That I think it mm-hmm. made people proud of you. Like, yo, bro, you you got it. You went in your bag on that one, and it's just yeah. the artwork. I feel like you got a, a shit presentation. It's. I'm real big on stuff like that. Like when mm-hmm. you go on like Netflix and and HBO, not HBO Go, like Showtime or even even Block Blockbuster, whatever. You know, say it's not mm-hmm. that's not around no more. The those movies that you never seen before, that artwork is everything to you. You like yo, I want to check this out. Mm-hmm. And it got to be like that with music. I feel music has so many unwritten rules. And you got to sit there and you got to just think and compare shit to other shit. What makes companies successful? Like logos. Mm-hmm. What makes companies like thrive? You know what I'm saying? Like just the way the product is set up. Yeah. So you got to look at you look at your music like that. Like you want it to pop on people. What's going to pop? Like you can't just sit there and put out a mixtape cover and have one word. Like you're not Kendrick Lamar. You can't mm-hmm. just, you can't sit there and think the world is going to pick up on you just because you scribbled a line on your cover and say, yo, go download this now on that piff.com. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You got mm-hmm. to sit there and you got to sell, you got to sell it. Mm-hmm. So it's been many years for you now. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that earlier. It's been about, about eight or so. Um, so many interviews, many new faces, many different handshakes and whatnot. Did it start to seem repetitive? It, <laughs> it starts to turn into a job. Mm-hmm. I, I'll agree. Um, it's kind of like it turns into even if you you've never experienced it, it's like your birthday all over again. It's mm-hmm. like the it's like okay. the. I remember I was one of those people that was like, "Yo, let me." Ch- before my birthday comes up, let me take it off of Facebook or something like that because <laughs> huh? it starts to turn into thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Oh, it means a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, thanks a God. And you don't want to leave anybody out sometimes. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want to, especially with text messages and like, oh, I appreciate you calling. Thank you. I um, blah, blah, hate blah. phone calls. Oh my God. It turns into a job. And it's kind of like that's what happens with the music a lot. Like you're used to people saying, let me get your number. You're used to people saying, What's your IG? You used mm. to people saying, um, True. let's link, let's come to the studio. You used to people, kind of no disrespect to anybody, you used to people telling you what they got going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it turns into the, when when, it, when am I going to take something and really, it means something to me after mm-hmm. a while. Because, you mm-hmm. know, you meet so many people who pretend, not even, I'm not going to say they pretend, maybe they did, um, who at the moment want to do so much for you and then it just falls through. Like, I've mm-hmm. met dudes who, would I would know exactly who they are and they're like they're like yo bro I would love to to holler at you I would love to sit down and make things work when you you just gotta take it all at like face value and you just gotta believe it when it happens you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like I don't want to get into to depth with the story but I had um got some shoes for DJ Envy and he mm-hmm. was like yo I want to meet up with you this week I want to talk about what you got going on I got you I got this man some shoes. Yeah, he was like, I know you make, you know, I know you make music. Let's let's like talk about it. And 
after he got the shoes, like he deleted the DM and, oh, and everything. And that's it bitch me. Like, it was, it was kind of like you know, I it was something where I was screen. I got the screenshot, so you could delete it all you want. But mm. it nah, was, I sent it to everybody. I was like, yo, bro, things are really like looking up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a big move. You know, Breakfast Club right now is pretty pretty up there when it comes to the the online radio and stuff like that. And I was. And you know what I'm saying? It's like it didn't. You got this me. man some shoes and he front like he don't know you now. You know yeah. what? You know what it is? I, I That's so ugly. I'm sorry. I, I've gotten through <laughs> I, I've This is this is my fourth year doing this now, right? Mm-hmm. And the what you talked about the business side of things and it's starting to not be fun. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten close to that point at this point right now. Mm-hmm. Where things are very political. Mm-hmm. Well you can you can you always know the politics are there. You always know that. And, that's, and that goes for any industry, any, anything. But for an industry where creativity is key, mm-hmm. politics don't really have a place, per se. Mm-hmm. And I find I, people, I have to, people have to keep reminding me. Every show, someone comes in, comes in here and tells me, yo, it's a music business. And I'm, I just, like, I kind of groan because fuck, like, fuck the music business. Like, fuck the business. Mm-hmm. Let's just make this music and call it a day. But didn't um, Jay-Z call it the B-side? <sighs> But, so, but I mean, you know, I, so I under I, I, I grasp it, I understand it. I'm at a point now where I don't want nothing to do with business side. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm finding people to work with just to do that alone so I can just be a creative. Yeah. At, some, at what point in time? Do you have a manager? No, I don't. At what point in time do you think that getting a manager to kind of remove you from these very I awkward, would, difficult yeah, to situations? To be honest, I would love to have a manager. I feel like I've been tapping on my glass ceiling for a long time where mm-hmm. it was just I can't do anymore by myself mm-hmm. you know it gets to a point where it's like when you tell somebody no or when you tell somebody um, like when you try to talk money mm-hmm. you're arrogant yeah. this and that but when yeah. you have somebody representing you it, it's a whole different ball game mm-hmm. it's, it's taken a little bit more seriously and stuff like that like mm-hmm. people ask you all the time for a song and if you mention a price or even want to book you for something people will try to get you to perform in Kentucky and you know like I said I'm still on the train I before I got here I had to make sure my weekly had money on it you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's, mm-hmm. it's like people would try to get you places and it not be any incentive towards you and then when yeah. you tell like you mention it like it's I have some type of value to myself you know what I'm saying and they don't agree it's like if you don't agree then I don't know where we can go. And then it turns into this guy's a bad person. But if it was a manager, you know, it would have been taken seriously. That invoice would have got sent, you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying, even if mm-hmm. it didn't get paid or whatever. <clears throat> it's definitely rough but, rough, but like you said about the whole business, I hate it. I hate that when I want to put out music, people are telling me, let's sit down with this lawyer, you know what I'm saying? Let's get this yeah. let's get this going. Let's, let's start um, monetizing your YouTube and stuff I'd be like yo I don't like commercials I don't want my YouTube video to pop up and somebody gotta wait 14 seconds to click next because yeah. me I don't even make music to a beat if the first five seconds don't grab me mm. like somebody said that's, that's beat I listen to five seconds and if it didn't grab me it's not gonna grab anybody else no matter what I said to it mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like this I don't wanna put people through that like, I don't wanna put like people to hit you with the whole let's do the iTunes and stuff like that and I'd be like yo I didn't buy this person's album why would someone who's discovering me buy my music mm-hmm. like let mm-hmm. me build up mm-hmm. well, don't let me cause you know I feel like when you try to make a a big power move like that you can go right back down yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. because it can be it can be perceived much differently than yeah. how you want it to absolutely like you can love me for a certain reason or love my music for a certain reason and then as soon as I try to oversell you gotta go back you gotta go back down mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I, I tried to explain that to somebody a long time ago. And it looked at me like I was stupid. And I'm like, no, I feel like I know my base well enough to know what I can and can't do. Yeah. If I if I make a certain step, I could turn off. Like, I mean, like, you know, I have a, I have a my show's been, a, this, the Uncle Radio show's been around for two years and nine months now. If NMB have built a solid base, yeah, but if I fuck around and say some stupid shit, you know, that base could be going like that. And, you know, it's not, we're not, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of people where I could be like, all right, well, fuck one person. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not like that. So you got to be yeah. very particular about certain things that you do um, for your brand because you are your, you are your brand, mm-hmm. you know? Every word you, every word you put on, a, you put on paper, every word that you actually spit on and it's on, it's on SoundCloud or wherever, like that is yeah. you. You can't take that back, you know? Mm-hmm. So you The have internet very, truly is forever. That's yeah, not it, a joke. It, it is, it is, it is. You know, you have to be very, very careful. People don't understand that, so... Bless you, man. Bless Thank you, brother. You. Uh, I appreciate it. I, yeah. I put a lot of pressure on myself because I know it's like as soon as you put it in the atmosphere, it's, it's going to float away. You could delete it yourself, but if it did what it was supposed to, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Screenshot is evil and necessary at the same time. <laughs> yes, it is. I forgot who said it was an artist that said the only thing I fear is a headshot and a screenshot. That's real, right. right. That is so real. That so, is so we're real. nearing the end of 2015. Yeah. Um, what is what are you going to leave us with in 2015? What do you have any sort of surprises or any sort of little eggs you're going to release into the world? Um, I don't. I'm. I'm got to be completely honest. My whole game plan is to um to like drop as soon as the new year starts. Like I got okay. a, a whole bunch of, and I'm almost proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. Like this year has been real rough for me. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying? just adjusting to new life and um. Mm-hmm. Having to, you know, being forced to just live differently, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And um, everything, I, I feel like I did a lot of great things this year mm-hmm. that were overshadowed by what I might have been going through. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities I've been striving for, I accomplished this year, but didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, the just being able to get notoriety from, like, High 97 and, and the booking me for the um who's next you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that was something that before i can i could understand how to get a mu- music on a blog or write up a, my own press press release that's what i wanted to do you know what i'm yeah. saying and you get to those points and because the way you, you what you're going through you can't really you know you can't really live into the moment you know what i'm saying and i feel like i worked so hard this year like even learning how to record myself like i feel like like i said with hypebeast i feel like the I didn't get to where I wanted to go with it, so what could I do differently? I started to, I invested in some like equipment. I started recording myself. Mm-hmm. I started learning on YouTube how to like mix and do all that, all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And then this year, my engineer that that helped me put together Hypebeast, South of Houston, and then my two mixtapes before that passes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was more like it was something that told me it was time for you to, to you know, grab the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying and. For me, only a year after I put out the last, the last project, for me to around a year again, ready to unleash a new wave of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. I, I can relate a lot. <laughs> yeah. I can relate it's a like lot. A bird, it's like yeah. Big glad you said it. Weight on your shoulders, man. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. That 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 um that 900 pound gorilla. Doesn't necessarily go anywhere. Well, I feel about my you, first manuscript right now, actually. <laughs> even, even as you, even as you get an accomplishment, another fucking gorilla hops in. For your back real, though, like, like it never, the work never stops. Though, like yeah. hustles never stop grinding. Never, 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 never. Yep. Anyway, 
But uh, we want to thank you for coming to the Encore I appreciate Radio it. Show. It's my right. pleasure. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. Man, it's our pleasure, honestly. <laughs> we, we really do appreciate it. Um, J Tips, folks, a at J A E T I P S. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Matt, folks, make sure you guys check him out. Um, we're gonna throw we're gonna, we're gonna throw some some stuff on um, for you guys uh, after the end of the podcast. You hear a little something. J Tips will probably bless us with some music or whatnot, mm. and uh, we'll go from there, man. So thank you for coming, and thank, thank you, you all so for much listening. again. We got some people out here in, in in the studio. Thank everybody here for for coming through as well. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, it's the Encore Radio Show at Encore Radio Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Encore or www.encoreradioshow.com. Yo, Google, um, Google us, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> Google us. I mean, if you just Google is Jones i dot s dot Jones, um, I'm on Twitter is Jones Poetry. Um, apparently I'm on Instagram too or something okay, or, um, something. or something, or something. Um, at Aurorian Shire A-R-U-R-I-A-N S-H-I-R-E um, you can follow me on all of those platforms find me on Facebook too IS Jones Poetry for all of my work and the Encore Radio Show yeah. um, and, and listen let me tell you something oh here we go here we go I if people goes- can if people can figure out how to fucking pronounce Dirk Nowitzki they can fucking say Aurorian Shire. Okay, and they can okay, say IS you. motherfucking Jones. We can get this shit together, all right? All right, thank you. You're my favorite You're very wise. welcome. Thank, thank you, you very much. I tried. <laughs> like I said, folks, Encore Radio Show, the Encore Radio Show. Don't forget the fucking the. The. Google Encore. us. We out here. Hip-hop podcast, hip-hop lives. Good morning. Morning. The Encore Radio Show is an indie creative network production recorded at Redbird Studio and executively produced by Chris Scope Aesthetic.